0: Welcome to episode five of Babe and Brilliant. I'm Cintilla Pei. Today's guest is Hermione Underwood. Many in Australia may know her due to her brief stint on reality television, perhaps as well from her beautifully curated social media profiles. But as you find out shortly, she's passionate about so many other things, including travel and style, and she's managed to create a very exciting career out of those passions. She relocated from Sydney to London just over a year ago and runs two businesses. The first, The H Collective, is a boutique brand development and creative communications agency. And the second, and perhaps a passion project, is HermioneOlivia.com. This is where she gives us a glimpse into her fabulous life with tips on travel and style. I caught up with Hermione over the phone during a recent visit to Sydney and was blown away by her infectious energy for life. I began by asking her just who is Hermione?
1: That's not the easiest question. I guess, who am I? <laughs> Isn't everyone trying to work that out <laughs> about themselves, I guess? What have you worked out about yourself so far? I'm a traveller, so I always need to be like on the go. That's something that I kind of... I love and I hate about myself at the same time. Cuz I'm I'm always like seeking new adventures and I love to like see new places and meet new people and experience new new cultures. So that was kind of the reason why I moved to London was to kind of be immersed in a new culture and also like the proximity to Europe and the ability to travel. But I guess I'm the older I get the more I'm about like family and just having like a few good close friends that kind of mean everything. So that's I guess that's me. <laughs> So when did you discover that you had itchy feet? Was it something that you've known your whole life or was it something that you kind of picked up on as you got older? I guess it was the minute I started travelling. So as soon as I finished school, I went on my first big trip and then I've kind of been travelling ever since, on and off really. I do tend to go on, like even when I was living in Sydney, I'd go on like a big break every year for like a month or two and, and go and explore some new part of the world. So yeah, I guess since I finished school. How important is travel? I mean, you hear people talking about it all the time and just how much it opens up your world and your experiences. But for people that aren't travelers as such, what would you say to them to get them out there and seeing the world? I guess, you, you know, they say travel is the only thing you can buy that makes you richer. Um, and I, I do tend, tend to agree with that. Like, I think you find out a lot about yourself. Um, and, and I don't know, I just... I think it does like enrich your kind of journey because it makes you appreciate home more. Um, but you know, even even though I've travelled so much in my life, it's not until I've actually moved overseas that I truly appreciate home and mm. Australia and and how be- and how beautiful it is and like how fortunate mm. we are to have such an incredible lifestyle. But I guess it's it's also, you you know, you learn about the people you're traveling with and you learn about a new place and and you get a new perspective on everything in your life. If you're someone who's listening and haven't traveled and are thinking about traveling and perhaps have a very modest budget, what suggestions or tips would you give someone like that? Well, I've certainly traveled on all kinds of budget. You know, I've done like backpacking through Europe and Asia and then I've done, you know, the five-star thing. And I have to say like some of my best experiences definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. I would say I would say to someone who was on a on a big like on a on a budget, I would say don't worry about the accommodation so much. I wouldn't spend on accommodation because you're going to be out all day exploring and you're literally just going to rest your head there. So mm. um, and I would also say book and plan well in advance because that's where you make all the savings. It's only when you're organizing things at the last minute that it tends to get more expensive. Are there any places that have stuck out to you so far that you kind of go, gosh, that was such an experience? So I'll have to say because I guess it depends what you're looking for. I guess it's like the time of year and what your budget is and who you're with. I absolutely love Europe in the summer. I'm like Europe's biggest fan. <laughs> I was going to say, because of your photos, I am actually thinking of doing a European summer. Like I've like I've done like a summer times, but never done um never done a European summer and just I cannot yeah. recommend it highly enough. I really can't. And I have to say, you can do it on a budget and you can do it five star and either way you'll have the most incredible time. So I am like, I think Capri is probably one of my favorite places in the world. I also love like the Greek islands and Spain and, and France and Italy, like every, everywhere, I guess, in Europe. <laughs> if, if we're talking closer to home, so for Australians, Bali is just amazing because you can have quite a decadent trip on on a low budget, which I think is really fortunate for Aussies. Close to home and you can get super cheap flights. But also, I mean, the place that's on my hit list, actually, is South America. I've heard incredible things about Brazil and Argentina and I'd love to get over there. All of this, I guess, has now um, led you to start your own travel, lifestyle, fashion, or is it style website? Yes, yep, very exciting. Yeah, and so what prompted that? What sort of said, okay, I might take all of this into the internet space? I guess, to be honest, it's it's more than anything else, it's kind of a passion project for me. And it's an out, like it's a creative outlet for me. So it's a few hours of my day that are totally for me and, and I totally love and look forward to. But it just came about because I just kept, people just kept emailing me out for recommendations. Instantly, you know, like writing on emails or writing to people on Facebook and things and telling them what he's got, what to stay, what to see. And I guess it just it just made sense to put it all in one place and just direct people to the one you know, apart from incorporating elements of travel, you've also got tips about style so you give people tips about fashion trends and all that kind of stuff. And what else is on the website? So it's basically just a, I guess it's it's an insight into my world. So at the moment it's just travel and styles. I, I do have plans for it and to expand into into further things. Like perhaps I'll go into more lifestyle things. But I, I have to say I, I tend to just kind of respond to what people want to see. So I'm really fortunate that I have a heap of people who maybe follow me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever that email me and kind of ask for this or that. And I'm a bit responsive. Like I like to give people an insight into what they want to see, which is kind of how the style thing came about. Um, People were just interested in what I was wearing in certain places and things like that. Technology has played a huge part in our culture, like, you know, Generation Y and and how we communicate and how we um, see the world and how we see, see each other. So, how do you think technology is fitting in allowing you to express yourself in that way, I guess? I guess it's allowed... Like, I also find inspiring little details about places in the world through, you know, social media and things. And I found that I was going to certain places in Europe just through friends or friends with friends and where they were documenting that they were. So I think that's really exciting that you can kind of... Change people's lives and I guess live a more enriched life really there's so much more information available to us which is exciting I think for our generation okay so I guess I want to talk career at the moment you've, you've tried quite a lot of roles and you've done so many things and you're still willing to keep experiencing whatever your heart calls you to when did you figure that out when did you sort of say you know what I'll just gravitate to what I think feels right for me at the time without necessarily putting limitations on on what you experience. Yeah, that's definitely the way I live. Like I live, like I, I do like follow my gut feeling mm-hmm. and I definitely don't follow like societal expectations about where I should be with my life or my career. I think it's, it's kind of an, an interesting choice and it has its downsides. Like it's I've probably put myself in some more difficult situations that I need to be in, but I'm mm-hmm. always following, you know, what's right for me and what feels right. And, mm-hmm. um, You know, there's so many cliche quotes I could throw at you, but I I do, I really believe in following your heart. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, you'll be more successful. So that's kind of how how I kind of live is if you're doing what you love, I find that you always end up surpassing your own expectations, I find. Where does that come from? Where does that confidence come from? Where you can trust your gut feeling, sort of say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I feel like doing because it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy, you know, Sometimes situation. I think, particularly my parents, they think I'm <laughs> totally crazy, and everyone thinks I'm crazy <laughs> until the next thing is a success. I think, but I guess it's once you've taken it, once and it's worked. That's where you kind of find the confidence, I I feel. So if there's something that you really want to go out there and do and you give it a shot and it works, which it inevitably will, Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, then, you know, you find the confidence to keep either going with that project or to continue to take risks. So, I mean, and I've always had incredibly, like, supportive friends and family who, no matter what the craziest new idea is that I'm going to pursue, they're always back being 100%. And I find that really helps. Like, if you surround yourself with people who really believe in you and what you're trying to achieve, Um, it's really important because I I also find like whatever you're pursuing there will be people out like there will be every possible hurdle will present itself and people will say things not to put you off pursuing it but to warn you and, and if you listen to that it can be more difficult to pursue.
0: Where has your gut led you to currently?
1: I guess I'm kind of in one of the most exciting phases of my life because I've just moved to London. I guess I didn't realise, you know, how fortunate I was with the network I had. It's a big kind of task I've set myself to be setting myself up in a new country. And that's something I'm really, really, really excited about and what kind of drives me. But here I have Hermione and Olivia, which is obviously the travel and style website. And I have a few other projects in London working on brands and publicity and things which is kind of more my background. Mm-hmm. It's yet yeah, an incredibly exciting time. I'd imagine it'll also be quite scary if you're moving from the familiar to the unfamiliar in terms of surroundings and family not being as close to you as you'd like and how's that been the, the challenges of starting a new life in a new city in a new country? I guess I kind of thrive under pressure so it's actually really exhilarating to be in a new place and to have all those challenges. I'm also finding it really exciting to meet new people and to to, to build a new network around myself. And as, you know, back to your point on technology, having WhatsApp and Viber and Skype and things, the family and friends never feel too far away. I want to go back to something you just said. You said about the ideas that you've had over the years and you continue to have. And I want to know what your ideas process is like. Do you have one? Like, how do you how do you get inspired and go, you know what, I think I want to try that. I guess that's really fortunate that incredible opportunities have always presented themselves to me. Um but I guess the general overarching theme is, I mean, I I think you have to like work out what you're good at and really like focus on your strong point and then, you know, build a team around you, or build people around you that are better at things that you're not. I met Richard Branson once and that was kind of, that's his philosophy is he knows what he's good at, but what he knows even more is what he's not good at. So do you know what your strong point is? <laughs> it's, it feels awkward to say. <laughs> I guess I'm quite, I'm very organized and I'm like meticulous with tasks at hand. I guess you'd call me a people person. Like I love working with people. I love working with my clients and I'm very passionate. So whatever is in front of me, I really give it my all. What are some of the challenges that have come up for you, in the process of you know being your own boss and setting up your own your own business, I think you have to find to find your limits, and you have to know. I guess you have. I guess you'll work harder than you've ever worked before, and that can be exhausting. And I think you have to find a way to prioritize what's important in your life. The reason I say that is that a lot of people might look at you, they might look at your life, and might look at you know the end result of all the hard work, and not see that there's a lot of, that goes into that went into it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't feel like I'm even halfway there. I feel like I've only just started, you know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm at, at the end result yet or even close. I mean, there's there's so much work that goes into everything that, like, is not necessarily shown. And it wouldn't be fun to look at me just, like, at my desk at 6 a.m., would it? <laughs> but um, I think you just have to find what you love and then give it your all. You talk about organisation. That's something I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're better at it because it doesn't come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Would you have any tips for being organised? I am a massive list writer. It's kind of it's kind of what like you know all my friends kind of give me a heat about it because I've always got a list for everything, and I even like prioritise like the list is in order of what needs to be done first. But what really? I actually always do, yeah. yeah, and I always every morning I do the thing I'm I would like I'm least wanting to do. So, so yes. when do you practice list? Like when do you when do you write the li- the daily to do list? Is well, that- I usually have like a, a list for the week, and then I'll break it down into each day, um, depending on the priority, and and then I'll do the thing that I'm most dreading because once you've done the hardest thing, everything else is easy. So if there's like a phone call I'm dreading to make, or if there's like a if there's you know a document due or something like that, I will always do that first, and then the day is kind of easy. Do you write this in a notepad? Do you keep little cards? Um, I type I type it all up on what, on your phone, on your on your computer, like on your laptop. Like yeah, I type it up on my computer, and then I'll print it out and have it on the desk. Right. Um, and I also I limit meeting days, so I try and have you know two days a week for all the meetings, and then I try and have at least one full day in the office where there are no meetings because I find that works much better. And there's a really great book, The 4-Hour Week, by Tim Ferriss, and he talks in that about turning your email off for a bulk of time twice a day, so maybe two or three hours, just like turning your email off, um, and even setting it out of, the, out of the office if you're in an industry where you really need to be available on the email, just saying, you know, if it's urgent, please call because then you can really get, you know, the big tasks done. I'm, I'm just trying to think how that, that would sort of work in my industry where it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it might be difficult. Yeah, we well, constantly plugged in and need to know what's going on. But, so how did you get to this point where you streamlined that process? And are you finding that you're more efficient as a result of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, now that I'm travelling so much, for the days that I am in the office, I really need to be very productive. For example, like being in Sydney over the next few weeks, I've organized to reconnect with a lot of people and clients and um, media and things like that. So the time that I do have to sit, you really have to, to use it as efficiently as you can. But it's just something that you kind of master over time. Like everyone has their own habits and processes. What works for me might not work for you. But, yeah, that, that's that's what I do. So do you have any, any other things that you do to... In your day, do you have like a routine? Do you meditate? Do you have some practice to give yourself some time before you give of yourself to everyone else and life? I guess I find I'm loving what I'm doing so much, particularly at this point in my life. That the minute my eyes wake up, I'm kind of excited to like get to my desk and get cracking on the day. I have had times in my life when I've been really, really busy, and I will kind of, I will do my best to take the time to train in the morning, just to kind of clear my head. And I and I do that at the moment too. But I don't know, I find if, if you really, really get happy and passionate about what you're doing, that's kind of my, like, working on Hermione Olivia is my my outlet. You know, and that's my happy time. So I'm just thinking, like, if someone's listening and they're going, how do you get excited every morning, Hermione? Like, how do you jump out of bed <laughs> and kind of go, I am just ready? Like, how does that happen? It's taken some time to get here. You know, it hasn't been always like this. And you know, there are days when you are tired and you've had a big week. And I'm truly doing what I love, so I don't even really think about it, to be honest. Mm. It's just, it mm. just is like that. <laughs> and so I know that in the past you've worn quite a few hats. You had your own, um, it was a PR agency in Sydney, wasn't it? Yes, yes. yes. You had a PR agency. You own reality television, and now you have <laughs> in London. Is, is there is there any any that you prefer more or less, or one that you would go back to, perhaps? In, in the future? I absolutely love the PR company and I'm kind of in the throes of pursuing it again in the UK. Primarily because I got the, you know, I had the fortune of working with such incredible people. I had some really, really great brands and, um, I mean, the Australian media is so, so fun to work with and a lot of them are now friends. So um, I loved having a team and I loved having, you know, a big office and I loved, you um, what came along with like the responsibility of it, and just I love thriving, you know, having challenges and um, working really, really hard is kind of when I'm happiest. So yeah, I, I definitely miss that. Now I'm happy as well because I've got the creative kind of um, aspect to my work each day too. So I guess before that's what was missing, and like personal creative outlet, if you know what I mean, with Hermione Olivia. So it, it's so interesting because when you set up your PR agency, and as you're saying, you know, you were doing really well. And then you're sort of reaching that peak of success, I guess. And then you move to London. You know? <laughs> There's a saying about leaving when you're sort of at the at the prime, like it's sort of almost the best time to to walk away from something and to pursue something else. And you continue to, to raise the bar for yourself, which is, one, a fantastic thing, but it's also a very courageous thing to do because not everyone would do that. You know, people reach that point of success and they kind of get content with, with things and life. And I guess for me... I'd always wanted to live overseas. It's something that I really had always dreamt about, and it's something that I encourage everyone to do. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it wasn't an easy decision to make that move, and it definitely wasn't one that I was encouraged to do by anyone. <laughs> that was something I kind of had to do for me, and it will definitely work out in the long run to be the best decision, and thus far, definitely, it feels like it was the right decision for me.
0: Another thing that we tend to explore in these
1: conversations is love, relationships, and all that kind of stuff, and what you've learned so far um, <laughs> yeah. in your A life. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, share with us just some of those observations that you've made through the years about love and relationships. The biggest learning from it is that you have to have independence of one another within the relationship. And I think um, that you have to have your own life, going on and I find that when when you have that it's easy to have a a better relationship that's kind of like the most important thing to me is not losing myself within a relationship because I've definitely done that before and I've most of my friends have done that I think that's something you learn as you get older so important to have like to keep your own passions and your own friends and yeah that's the greatest learning for me
0: what would you say to young women that are listening to this and perhaps are in that situation where they've lost part of their identity since
1: getting into a relationship and, and they want to reclaim some of that back. It's very easy to do. It's very easy to lose yourself and it's also very easy, I think, to regain yourself within it. So, I mean, I would say even just the smallest thing, it might even just be like going to a yoga class once a week and, you know, taking yourself out for breakfast and just having something for you. Even mm-hmm. even the smallest thing, I think, can then create a big hole. Sometimes you see young women and they, and they get in a relationship and that. So it happens where they forget everything else and it's almost like relationships sometimes have been made up to be this thing where, you know, happiness lives or where happiness lives. So a lot of people, you find a lot of people getting into relationships and then kind of going, Okay, that this wasn't necessarily what I was I think I was looking for, but then I'm kind of already in this relationship, so
0: what happens now?
1: I mean I can only ever speak for myself because it's so unique, you know, to your own circumstance. I mean, I think it's fairly natural, you know, to have that overwhelming first big love, which kind of becomes everything. But I think, you know, the only person who can ever decide if your relationship is right for you or not is you. Like no matter who you speak to and, and who gives you advice, you know, you'll know within yourself whether it's right or not. And you're the only one who can act on that. But I think having the confidence to know that there is someone out there for you that's right for you is what's me. And there is for everyone, I believe. You said something along the lines of "there's someone for everyone." That's something that you you <laughs> believe. What do you say to what would what would you say to young women that are thinking, "Oh gosh, you know, I I can't seem to find anyone. I've been looking like in desperation land." I guess. I think it always comes when you least expect it. Certainly has in my life, and I think it always comes when you're not looking. So if you're looking, I would I would stop looking. <laughs> you know, I would. Focus on yourself and and what you love and what you're passionate about. And there's a certain kind of light that kind of shines out of people when they're doing what they love. And um, if you're, you know, focusing on, you know, whether it's like a photography course or, you know, you've started training or you've started doing yoga or whatever it is, and that's kind of what you're excited about, you'll you'll probably find someone when you least expect it. You talked about independence. What other things have you learned that make you flourish or make you a better person in, in a partnership? For me, I really need someone who's able to communicate. It's very one of the most important things, again, honesty, being able to say, you know, where you're at and how you really feel and things. But also, yes, exactly what you said, just someone who believes in me and what I'm trying to pursue and, and will support me wholeheartedly. Because it's not it's not always easy you know, running your own show and um, there's definitely stresses that come along with it. So... For me, I need to be with someone who understands that and will support me. And have you found someone? To- yeah, I have. <laughs> Fortunately, I have, which is nice. Oh, no, nice. Congratulations. Yeah, really- thank you. <laughs> and what about friendship? You know, what have you learned so far about friendship? I'm pretty lucky that I have a small, close-knit group of incredible friends. And I think, again, like that's what's so exciting about moving away is you do learn who friends are even more. And I'm fortunate that, you know, my handful of friends, nothing's changed. It's the same every time we speak. And, you know, when I come home a year later, it's like, like no time's passed at all. But again, I think it's it's not dissimilar with friends. I think it's it's about supporting one another. And some days you'll be having a good day and maybe having a bad day. And it's about being a listener and vice versa. But really just taking the time to check in and, and, and see where they're at and make sure. I think putting their happiness ahead of yourself is, is important. Do you have regular catch-ups with your close friends? How do you make sure that, you know, you're nourishing those relationships as well? I have my, you know, closest friends in Sydney. And it's just, as I said, it's about just, like, checking in with them all the time. Mm -hmm. And also celebrating, I think, everyone's, like, the small successes in your friends' lives are really important. Mm -hmm. How do you celebrate the small victories in life? For my friends or for myself? (laughs) For your friends and for yourself. With my friends, you know, I'm I'm the first to organise, you know, birthday dinners, and I try not to forget birthdays. And I'm, you know, if, if something exciting happens, I'll always send flowers. I think those it's those small things that make up true friendship. Really, is just really being being there for, for them and thinking about where they're at. For myself, I book a trip <laughs> <laughs> if I ever, if I'm ever if I'm you know ever need a break or you know need some time for me. That that's, that's where I am. I'm on the next plane. Do you sometimes travel alone, like solo? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Is it scary? No, 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 not at all. Depending on where you are, you have to be aware of certain things, but no, not scary at all. I highly encourage it. You've got a good eye for, like, knowing, you know, what works and specifically what works for you. Um, And I guess how you figured all that out. I guess I'm all about comfort. That's, like, my biggest thing when it comes to fashion. Um, and I think if you if you feel confident, then you'll look good. And for me, I feel more confident when I'm comfortable. I have quite, like, an androgynous style. I'm not that girly. Um, and I just, I, yeah, I just, like, to wear, like, comfortable shoes and, like, well-fitted pieces. And so what would you say to young women that are still trying to figure out their style but feel like they have to look to what celebrities or what the magazines are saying to get direction? I mean, I think it takes time to kind of work out what your style is. And it certainly did for me. <laughs> I had some shockers just like everyone else. I think over time, as your taste mature, you kind of work out what suits your, your figure. Like I think if, if it's well, like whatever you're wearing, if it's well fitted, I think, you know, it's hard, it's hard to go wrong if what you're wearing fits you properly. So I'm all about like mixing high and low pieces. So... You know, I'm not afraid to like look on ASOS or go to Topshop or Zara, but I also like mixing it with kind of investment pieces that I wear over and over again, but in a different format. How important is that? Like, how important is it for you know young women to have investment pieces in their wardrobe? You know, I think if you if you if you look really good, you do feel really confident, and I think buying something that you really love and getting good wear out of it. Does make you feel good you know like one of my best blazers is from Zara that I bought like five years ago so it doesn't have to be expensive for it to be good quality if someone was listening and is trying to think okay so if I would need to get the basics and I need to invest some money into particular garments what should people be looking at do you think I certainly think a good blazer will take you a long way I also think you know a really good well tailored pair of pants is really good for work particularly for meetings and things I used to invest a lot of money in shoes but I find shoes you know wear out relatively quickly so I'm more about I actually invest most in accessories I think if you have, like, a really beautiful necklace or earrings, you can really dress up quite an expensive outfit. And I love, you know, Australian designers are really incredible, um, almost unbeatable even on the international scene. And I think, you know, even, like, basic brands, like basic, you know, <laughs> have, like, such well-fitted T-shirts that are durable and last and, like, keep their shape. Do you have a philosophy, like a, you know, or a maxim or just something that you believe without a doubt about life and everything else i think everything's always going to be okay you know no matter what's what's in front of you just just have faith and trust that you know you you, everything's going to be okay and just following your heart is what's most important and no one else is going to do it for you you've got to go out there and, and get whatever it is that you want you've got to go out there and get it for yourself that's kind of how i live and that's i guess the philosophy of of my life and what I would suggest.
0: To find out more about Hermione and catch other episodes of Babe and Brilliant, simply visit wearegrio.com. That's www.wearegrio.com.